0: Farm Talk on C103 with the Dairy Gold Prime Elite Rumi Force Calf Cube. Maximize calf performance and health at grass by optimizing the function of the rumen. Welcome to the Dairy Gold Farm Talk program with John O'Connor. Later in the program, some reminders regarding important upcoming events, including the 2023 Cork Summer Show and Sheep 2023, both taking place on 17th of June. Miss Amy Ford, Irish Farmers Journal Deputy News Editor on the drought conditions plus the pushback on EU re-wetting. Next, Mr. Liam Stack, ruminant technical manager, Dairy Gold, on grass growth in the current dry conditions. Joining us on the Dairy Gold uh, Farm Talk programme, Mr. Liam Stack, ruminant technical manager, Dairy Gold Co-op, Agribusiness. First of all, Liam, welcome to the programme. Now, very important, the weather. We hear reports of drought-like conditions, strangely enough. So, the weather at present is more like what you'd be expecting in the south of Spain hot and dry. Is that posing any problems for your dairy suppliers?
1: Hello, John, and hello to all the listeners, and thank you very much for having me on the show. And yes, John, it certainly is posing challenges. Our dairy system is built around spring calving and lots of grass, and grass needs water to grow. And currently, within the Dairy gold region, soil moisture deficits are greater than 60 millimetres. And at soil moisture deficits are greater than 50 millimetres, grass growth starts to fall off the edge of a cliff. And when soil moisture deficits get greater than 75 millimetres, severe drought sets in. And perennial ryegrass can become dormant; it will cease to grow, and the plant will start to lose its green colour. So, right now, John, our farmers are facing into a situation where grass growth is going to stop unless we get some rain, and where our suppliers will struggle to grow enough grass to meet their farms' needs.
0: Now, is there some rain forecast over the weekend? I think there's some rain forecast actually. So, will this help? Would you suggest, Liam?
1: Any rain will help, but we need a lot of rain to fill the soil moisture deficit. At a slightly larger deficit or greater than 25 millimetre, grass growth starts to slow. So there are certain areas that may need an inch and a half to two inches of rain to fill the deficit. There is some intermittent rain and showers expected for the week coming. And further showers expected next week with localised thunderstorms. So I suppose, John, it's a matter of how's your luck when you get this rain? But overall, Met and are expecting soil moisture deficits to increase further over the week by between 5 and 10 millimetres, depending on where exactly you are.
0: As we await this rain, what should farmers be actually doing to try and manage the situation, this SMD, the soil moisture deficit, which we feel is now, you know, taking control, unfortunately?
1: Well, we should be acting now to maintain the grass we have, because if grass levels on your farm drop too low, then the grass recovery will be much slower once the rain comes. So to maintain the grass, we need to ensure that our grass demand stays in balance with our grass growth. We need to be acting on two fronts. We need to be managing feeding to maintain our grass demand, and we need to manage fertilizer to maximize our grass growth.
0: Okay, let's talk about fertiliser first. Should a farmer be spreading fertiliser now? And, of course, this would depend, I would imagine, on the rain or forecasts of rain. So you would pose the question for listeners, um, what's the rain situation and the rain forecast situation in your own specific individual area?
1: Yes, John, that's very much the case. I suppose, you know, look outside the window. Is it raining or is there rain forecast in your area? And if there is rain falling, is that enough rain to kickstart the growth in your area? And if the answer to those questions is yes, then you should be spreading some fertilizer. If no, then I would say only to continue spreading fertilizer if your farm continues to grow grass. And as a general rule of thumb, you know, once grass growth drops below thirty kilos of dry matter per hectare per day, I would stop spreading fertilizer and wait for favorable weather conditions. If your grass growth is intermediate, somewhere between thirty and fifty kilos a day, I would put out half what we would usually put out, or about a half unit a day. And if, but if grass growth is reasonably strong still, at greater than fifty kilos a day. I would spread fertilizer as normal, so up to a unit of nitrogen per, per hectare per, or per acre um, per day. And the very important thing when you're spreading this nitrogen it's that you use some phosphorus if you have an allowance and a balance left for phosphorus on your farm. And potash and sodium are very important to help alleviate the drought stress that your grass is suffering right now. And they should be used, you know, when you're putting out nitrogen fertilizers.
0: How do we manage grass demand at the moment against the background of all the conditions uh, we've been talking about?
1: Grass demand is a measure of how much grass your farm needs to grow daily to meet your stock's requirements. So it's a product of your stocking rate and your grass intake. So let's assume that you're, you're feeding zero concentrates to your cows and you're stocked at four livestock units per hectare. Well, your cows will eat 18 kilos dry matter of grass a day, and your grass demand is your stocking rate of four times that 18, so 72 kilos of grass growth per day. And if your farm isn't growing that 72 kilos, you will have less grass on your farm tomorrow than you have today. So how we adjust demand is we can make more land available to your cows, which is not easy right now. A lot of first cuts are taken. There's not a lot of surplus land or excess land that you can bring into your grazing platform right now. But if you can, by dropping your stocking rates from four livestock units per hectare to three life units per hectare, you can lower your grass demand from 72 kilos a day to 54 kilos a day. Or alternatively, you can substitute grass that your cows would be eating with concentrates or silage. So if you feed eight kilos of concentrate. And to your cows, you will drop their grady grass intake from 18 kilos dry matter of grass to 10 kilos dry matter of grass, and you will drop your grass demand from 72 kilos a day to 40 kilos a day. So I suppose our farmers farmers need to get a handle on the growth rate on their farm and the, the grass demand on their farm and feed concentrates or silage to make sure that their grass demand is in balance with their grass growth.
0: Some very important tips there, Liam, on how to adjust grass demand. Now, finally, of course, if someone wants to reach out for more information, we've covered things in a very general overview type of way. So if a milk supplier, if a dairy gold, co-op milk supplier, or sponsor of dairy gold, has any question on his current or her current farm situation now, to whom should he speak? Have you some contacts or suggestions?
1: We have been talking generally, and what is happening is happening very much at a regional and within a farm specific area, like there are some places that will get rain this weekend, there's some places that won't get rain, there's some places that will get rain there on the week and some places that won't. So, it's, you know, as always, John, our area sales manager team are available to look at specific farms or areas within farms or, or, or regional areas and give situational advice on seed and fertiliser right now. And please speak to us early to implement the plan now to ride out this current situation.
0: Much appreciated, Liam. Thank you, Mr. Liam Stack, Ruminant, Technical Manager, Dairy Gold, Agri-Division. Thank you, Liam, very much indeed. Thanks a million. Thank you, John. You're very welcome. We are joined on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme by Ms. Amy Ford, Deputy News Editor, Irish Farmers Journal. First of all, Amy, welcome to the programme. Now, in the journal this week, 10th of June issue... Two contrasting situations. Number one, majority of the country in absolute drought and rewetting targets cut in the face of uh, pushback. Now, first of all, the more immediate problem, the country being in an absolutely drought situation.
2: That's right, John. So, as you said there, the majority of the country is in an absolute drought with below-average rainfall forecast. Continuing into the next two weeks, really, the Irish Farmers Journal has heard from a Metairn forecaster... Uh, Matthew Martin, and he said that an absolute drought is where an area experiences 15 or more consecutive days with below 0.2 mil of rain. Um, So obviously that's the majority of the country in in drought at the minute, um, but it appears it will gradually break down from from today on at the weekend.
0: How is it felt this will impact on the crop situation? Instinctively you might feel for tillage farmers, oh good weather, this type of weather might be good weather, but of course again we're Urged to, to avoid stressing crops in dry weather.
2: Yeah, so basically in crops, our, our tillage editor Siobhan Walsh writes this week that um, we should avoid stressing crops in this kind of weather. Um, she said it's a good idea to avoid spraying in really hot parts of the day with all products, but particularly herbicides and plant growth regulators. Um, so going with going in the mornings with the, in the evenings with the sprayer. I mean that's the case they're made when the crop is not as stressed. Um, walking through crops she said you might notice some leaves curled up in the heat particularly on winter wheat Um, and then the sunshine should help with grain fill on winter crops but then the flowering period might be cut short
0: Adam Woods talks about uh, taking action to avoid feed deficit but right throughout the journal by various um, authors there are a number of uh, different sections looking at different individual sections now we turn to the other aspect of the journal this week you cover Rewetting targets have been cut back in the face of, uh, you know, resistance from Irish MEPs and some of the European Union MEPs. So as regards the rewetting targets, they are under consideration now and are being reconsidered by the European Union, we understand.
2: Yeah, that's right. And my colleague Noel Bergen has this story this week. So he said re-wetting targets that are proposed as part of the EU nature restoration law that they look set to soften as the law's backers push to secure enough MEP support to keep the law alive. So they're trying to pull the targets back a bit in order to ensure that there is some sort of nature restoration law. Um, the future of the law, as anyone knows, who's, who's been listening to general commentary in the last number of weeks has been on unsteady footing after the EPP group, the largest group of MEPs in the Parliament. It, it walked out of talks last week. Um, and the Green Lane and Environment Committee in, in the Parliament has since indicated that it'll roll, roll back its rewetting ambitions ambitions um, after previously seeking to increase the amount of land that would, re-wet, that would be re-wet under the law. Um, so it has revealed its targets to what the initially proposed ones by the Commission, and in Ireland's case, their proposal is that the move would reduce the area of land in its re-wetting firing line from around 150,000 hectares to 116,000 hectares so still a lot of land um, that could potentially go, go and be re-wet but um, smaller than what was originally proposed on their front.
0: And in any review we might find that in fact uh, quite apart from peatlands being re-wet, the re-wetting might be extended so the extension might take place re-wetting land other than peatland.
2: Yeah so it depends on the land and I suppose re-wetting is just one aspect John of the nature restoration law and that's going to affect more than just peat soils um, so it brings in much more than just that and even affect people in, in urban areas so listed habitats and species on designated, non-designated lands could see the out of, of restoration measures to improve basically population of certain birds or insects or certain types of um, native grasses or uh, flowers or sort of fauna along those lines um, a safeguard would, would be set out then as well to prevent any backsliding on restoration progress made um, there's 18 farmland bird species listed in the law, um, which Ireland will have boosted the population index of by 15%. And in the carbon stock of tillage land and mineral soils will also have to be improved. So it's just not a re-wetting angle it's set. And there's a lot of, de- I, I say devil in the detail, and, and that's not me trying to say that if this is a bad thing. Uh, more biodiversity is obviously positive, but there's a lot more to this law than just re
0: it's not going to be a case of the European Union just dictating this is being seriously reconsidered. And, in fact, uh, farmers here could breathe a, a sigh of relief that, in fact, uh, their views might be taken into consideration more than they had up to now. So thank you very much indeed, Miss Amy Ford, Deputy News Editor, Irish Farmers Journal. Thank you very much for that overview. And in the journal, of course, it's covered by yourself and your colleagues. Amy, thank you very much indeed. Thanks a million. Thanks, John. Next in our programme, Laura Woods with the Carberry Region Mockra Firma Report.
3: Hello, my name is Laura and I'm bringing you the Carberry Mockra News. Well done to Grace Dineen from Banlas Macra, who represented Carberry at the National Blue Jeans Country Green Festival in Atboy over the June bank holiday weekend. Unfortunately she was not crowned the winner but she did the region proud and a great weekend was had by all who travelled to support her. Well done to all clubs and members who took part in the Carberry Round of Club of the Year and Best New Member recently. The winners will be announced at the Carberry AGM and on our social media pages on the 21st of June. While this Carberry mockery year is drawing to a close, there will be still plenty to keep members entertained during the summer, including social outings for afternoon tea, a trip to the Cove Adventure Centre, Dairy Stock Judging Competition, Puck Fodder Competition and a country music and dancing night for old and new members. Our social media pages will be kept up to date with all the details during the summer. For now I would like to thank John O'Connor and all at C103 for their help and support given to Carberry Mocker during the year. I hope everyone has an enjoyable and safe summer and I look forward to bringing you all the Carberry Mocker news in the autumn again.
0: And thank you, Laura, for those nice comments. Laura Woods, the Ferber reporter from the Carberry region. We look forward to your fortnightly reports again in the autumn. And indeed, thank you for all of the reports to date this year so far. Mr. Michael Godson, Head of Sheep Programme, Knowledge Transfer Department, Chagas Kodram McCroom. First of all, Michael, welcome to the programme, Sheep 2023. When is this taking place? And you might confirm when it starts and when it finishes. It was a day-long event, I believe, and free of charge.
4: Yeah, thanks, John. We've had a five-year uh, break since our last sheep, sheep Industry event in Ireland. So the the, the one that's happening now is going to happen in, in Gourshin Agricultural College. So that that's a different venue to, I suppose, where we used to, to be here tofore. And it's on, as you said, on the 17th, Saturday, the 17th of, of June. Um, 10 a.m. We're looking for people to kind of arrive from 10 a.m. 10 a.m. on and we'll be finishing up by five o'clock that evening. So it's an all-day affair. Uh, it's for everybody who's interested in sheep or the sheep industry in general. Um, so, look, we'll have lots of, of technical villages to do with all the technical areas, breeding, grassland, nutrition, flock health, hill sheep, organics, environment, um, soil fertility, all, all that type of, of thing. We, we have a wool village. Um, we have a big kind of a meat village area with a cookery demonstration with Nev McGuire coming. We will have butchery demonstrations. Uh, we have a huge health and safety area, John. Um, dealing with everything from agri-kids who, who, who are kind of you know, talking to kids about safety on farms to um, quad safety demonstrations and there's, the legislation is changing on that whole quad bike area this year so that person is going to give a, a rundown on what people need to do in the training that farmers need to get if they're going to be using quad bikes. Um, we have cheap and Trailers safety legislation as well um, and we have the whole area of um, of health. So we've health check coming, looking at farmers health and people can get checked out there if they want to. Um, and then the whole area of, of injuries from handling sheep, you know, so back injuries and things like that. So we have a demo on that as well with in, in, included in our handling facility demonstration. So there, there's an awful lot on in terms of, of um, the technical side and, and, and people getting information. Also, then there's a kind of a carnival type atmosphere. So there will be you know, sheepdog training, house training, sheepdog. There'll be a lot of children's entertainment um, and a lot of, of trade exhibits. So we have over 50 trade exhibitors, everything to do with sheep. And a lot of sheep there um, coming in, pedigree sheep for showing. There's there's almost 800 pedigree sheep coming in from various different breeds, uh, participating in, in different show classes. Um, so, you know, it could be a, an all-day affair. And um, I suppose we haven't had one since 2018. So we're hoping that, that people will, will come and in, enjoy the day. Um, the big thing really, John, I suppose, is on, it's not on in, in Chagask and like it used to be for the last number of, of, of events. It's on in, in the Gorteen Agricultural College, which is just outside Rosscray there in Ballangary, so between Burr and and,
0: and, and Rosscray postcode for that i believe it's e53 tp93 you might confirm that if you have it at hand michael
4: yeah e53 tp93 and look it will be will be well signposted from once people get close to it there from boris a and 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 ross cray when they're coming in there um it'll be signposted for people coming up from the south like you know but even to put it into google maps there um it'll show up Cortina college um yeah
0: when sheep 2023 is not taking place at the former Athenry venue. It's now at Gertjean Agricultural College, County Couchtipariri. Postal code E for Edward, E53 TP93. Sheep 2023 with 800 sheep, over 800 sheep on display, 20 or more breeds. But it's at Gertjean Agricultural College, Rosgray Karchebreri E fifty three TP ninety three.
4: Yep, that's it. Yep, it's from ten am on Saturday the seventeenth. John, it's it's free to get in, and and um, you know you'll have to pay for the food, um, but uh, but everything is free. Yeah,
0: virtually drought conditions.
4: Yeah, look, it's very dry, and I suppose you know we were out in the site now uh, this week, and it, it's actually ground is very hard and very dry. Look, what we, have, we have lots of ground there. You know, there's hundreds of acres there. So it's a very compact size, actually. There isn't an awful lot of walking um, involved. I mean, the whole event is probably taking place in about half of the farmyard of the college and uh, an eight-acre field adjoining it. So um, there won't be an awful lot of, 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 of walking. It, it, it's very, very compact. And we have a big area for car parking, both for exhibitors and for the general public
0: plenty of parking space, free entry, and uh, every type of sheep conceivable there. And after all of the problems of the sheep sector, it will be great where sheep people can come along and exchange information. Thank you very much indeed, yep. Mr. Michael Godstein, Head of Sheep Programme, Knowledge Transfer Department, Chagask, Kodrum, Imokrum. Thank you, Michael, very much indeed. Thanks a million. Thanks, John, for having me on. You're more than welcome. Addressing the reports of an imminent supermarket price war with one corporate retailer apparently set to announce reductions of 10% on 700 products, the ICMSA president, Mr. Pat McCormack, said both farmers and all those who profess themselves to be alarmed by the current climate crisis are entitled to wonder whether all these hundreds of reductions have been sustainability tested. Mr McCormack said that, quote, as usual, the price of food was deemed to be a matter for the supermarkets alone, with no place or room for the longer-term considerations of sustainability and environmental consequences. Mr McCormack noted that, despite the direct line between sustainable food production and environmental welfare, the sole basis on which Irish farming and agri-food was now being officially evaluated was – there was the usual deafening silence from the raft of state and state-supported agencies and quangos, all ostensibly dedicated to environmental protection. Mr McCormack posed the question, why did these groups have absolutely nothing to say on a decision by the supermarkets that not even to pretend to reference sustainability? Mr McCormack said, it was now high time to ask publicly Why sustainability was to be the governing principle for farmers in rural Ireland, but a matter of choice or public relations for the corporate retailers. The most powerful link in the food supply chain. Part of a statement there from the ICMSA National President, Mr Pat McCormick. In advance of milk price announcements, the IFA dairy chairman, Mr Stephen Arthur, has warned milk processors that farmers cannot afford any further price cuts to their milk price. He said the current price paid to farmers is not sustainable. Milk processors must do everything they can to support milk price during peak months. Mr. Stephen Arthur went on to say that the RNEWA PPI for May equates to 36.7 cents per litre, excluding the RNEWA value payment, which is estimated to be worth 2.18 cents per litre. Markets are recovering, he said. Mr. Arthur said gains had been made across all commodities in the European market in recent days, and despite the dip in GDT on Tuesday, commodity prices for butter and cheddar increased. Figures from the CSO Central Statistics Office for April 2023 showed a considerable reduction in peak milk supply, with volumes back 3.3% compared to 2022 and 3.9% compared to 2021. This, he said, was indicative of the long wet spring that will have a further financial impact on farmers. Mr Stephen Arthur concluded his statement by saying, We know that the global market for dairy commodities is challenging, but it is recovering. He said we need all processors to support milk price and deliver for their suppliers in their time of need. Statement there from the IFA National Dairy Committee Chairperson, Mr Stephen Arthur. A special event on farm clover is being held on the farm of Mr Jerry Buckley, Lahren coach for Caddy Cork, air code P12YF22, on Wednesday 14th of June. It'll cover managing clover during the mid-season. Listeners are invited to come along and hear how they can make better use of clover in the mid-grazing season. Members of the Grass 10 team and local advisors will be in attendance. Topics to be covered. Managing clover during the mid-season. Fertiliser use in the mid-season with clover swards. Grazing management during a drought. All welcome to attend. Organised in conjunction with Chogask and Dairy Gold and Grass 10. That's on Wednesday 14th of June on the farm of Mr. Ger buckley Larn coach for Caddy Cork, Aircode P12YF22, starting 11am on Wednesday 14th of June. All welcome to attend. Milk Quality Award winners, a special farm walk on the farm of Ian Kingston and family, Cillatane, Dunmanway, P47WP96, taking place on 21st of June at 11.30am. All welcome to attend, in conjunction with Chagask, Drina and Carberry That's on the farm of Ian Kingston and family Dunmanway P47 WP96 All welcome to attend A reminder the two day Cork summer show is taking place on the 17th and 18th of June at Correen in Cork City Farm Talk on
4: C103 with Dairy Gold Prime Elite Calf Milk Replacer
0: Joining us on the Dairy Gold Farm Talk programme Mr Stephen O'Sullivan, Chagas Dry Soccer Advisor at Coronas Cabrine and also at Bantry. First of all, Stephen, welcome to the programme. Now, very important, are there any upcoming events or deadlines? Anything you'd like to mention for our listeners which you feel would be useful to them, particularly in the west of the county?
5: Yeah, John, um, there is a safety course running in Chagas, Clanakilty on Wednesday, the 5th of uh, July. This safety course is compulsory for all TAMS applicants. And I suppose we're at the time of the year where there's silage, there's a lot of activities going on on farmyards. So the key issues there around this would be farmyard safety. Unfortunately, they are place-limited. So I would encourage farmers who are interested in the course to book as soon as possible. You can contact Chagas McCroom on 026 41604.
0: That's great. And that literally could be a, a lifesaver or, or certainly save you an awful lot of inconvenience if you're laid up with even the smallest injury at the busiest time of the year. Now, we we'll go into our main conversation and we'll be looking at uh, flock health in general. Now, as we're, we're currently well into the first week or so of June and our attention must turn to flock health and grassland management on sheep farmers. So in particular, our comments are directed to sheep farmers in particular.
1: Yeah,
5: um, absolutely, John. And I suppose the one topic there I'd be discussing is grassland management and and flock health will go hand in hand to ensure a good daily live weight gain on your hams.
0: That's great uh, advice there, short and to the point. Now, what aspects of flock health, Stephen, in lambs should a farmer ideally take into consideration this time of the year? You know, a, a really a must, the most important thing vis-a-vis flock health of your sheep, your lambs in particular.
5: Yeah, absolutely, John. As I say, we're in the first week of June at the moment, so the treatment will turn to nemodoritis in lambs, which is crucial this time of the year. The, the treatment should be given to lambs between 5 to 10 weeks of age. So now is the ideal time for treatment to any April-born lambs. Nemodoritis is the first worm that affects young lambs. It is usually carried from the previous year on grassland. It can be triggered by cold weather followed by followed by a very warm spell, and I suppose that's, at the moment, it's a typical um, weather for pneumaturitis. The main symptoms are diarrhoea, dehydration, wasting, and unfortunately, in extreme cases, it can cause lamb mortality.
0: Now, Stephen, what's the best method of treatment for this condition you've been describing?
5: So, John, the best method for treatment is giving lambs an all white uh, drench, known as a binzimol the reason this is that there is a resistance to white warmer drenches by roundworms worms in the later grazing season but there is no resistance to white warmers from nematodirus white dose have an advantage of it being among the cheaper of warm doses which is also an advantage
0: Now after their treatment uh, with this chemical after the treatment with this uh, remedy white wormer can the infection reoccur is that something that you really can't relax and you ought to be keeping your eyes wide open to see if despite your very careful application still the infection might flare up again
5: You do John Um, Reinfection can occur again after treatment so in this case further treatments at two to three weeks Weak intervals are necessary. Lambs will get immunity to to nematodes once they have come in contact with it and generally it will be of significance to performance from midsummer onwards. At this point, worm will be more infective parasite and may need to be treated at this time of the year.
0: Just to go back to the nematodirus, um, is it possible to confuse that with another similar type of disease in lambs, something that looks similar but could be quite a different and uh, possibly even more dangerous uh, disease?
5: It is, and the other disease that it can be mixed up with is coccidiosis in lambs, um, as the symptoms are very, uh, very similar. Lambs with coccidiosis will also exhibit acute diarrhea, but this may be accompanied with a black bloody scour. Coccidiosis can be can be suspected if scouring is still occurring after dosing for pneumaturitis. So there's a different product out there for coccidiosis as well as pneumaturitis. Coccidiosis will require different control measures and education to pneumaturitis.
0: A big issue in June is blowfly strike. Now, Stephen, how can farmers control this in flocks, in their flock?
5: So firstly, John, we've had an extremely warm spell over the last A few weeks and the month of June is normally a high risk period for low fly strike. The most common affected areas where fly strike occurs in sheep are are around a tail and especially where the wool becomes a soil and a soil due to feces and urine. Castration and tail wounds, clipping wounds, head wounds on fighting rams or any open wound will attract flies particularly if infected by any bacteria.
0: Now, that's treatment of uh, blowfly strike when you detect it, but how can a farmer prevent blowfly strike, ideally?
5: So, um, what can happen there, John, is that regular monitoring of your flock is extremely important, and you will need to identify any symptoms of blowfly fly strike. The main symptoms include um, agitation, um, discoloration of the wool, or a dis- distinctive... Uh, a smell from the wool also
0: you know in recent years porons they've come to the fore we used to have a total uh, submersion of the animal of, of the sheep in, in a big bath and there was all kinds of um you know, risks there for the environment and people but as regards the general methods of preventing blowfly strike in sheep porons do you feel porons are something you can recommend as being really effective
5: I do, John, and there are two different types of porons out there. Um, there is an insect growth regulator, which has a withdrawal period of between 7 and 40 days, which basically stops the first stage larvae from developing into destructive second stage larvae and can prevent the, the disease by breaking the blowfly blow life cycle. And the second type of porons in this out there is an insectile, um, uh, cypermectin-based products. This second type of poron for the provincial blowfly strike in sheep are insectoral cypermectin-based products. These basically treat and prevent a new blowfly strike. Make sure to choose the product is suitable for your sheep production system and with consideration for the withdrawal periods of cover, which need to, if you need to, any repeat applications. The other way, then, John, that you can prevent blowfly strike in your flock is through plunge dipping. Plunge dipping is also an, an effective method of ectoparasite control. However, if you use this method, consideration should be given to a planned disposal use of this uh, sheep dip, which which contains extremely toxic chemicals. Sheep should be immersed in the dipping tank for at least one minute for effective c- control. This type of sheep dip um, contains extremely d- dangerous chemicals. So first of all, you need to check that your tank is sound and leak-proof with no structural cracks or defects. If there is a structural t- structural defect in the tank, if some of these toxin dips go into the environment, it can cause significant damage. You should be allowed to stand for 10 or 15 minutes in an adjoining drip when they when they emerge from the dipping tank. To allow dripping solution funnel back into the tank, this should be in a c- in a concrete yard. Use sheep dip should be mixed of one part to tree, either with slurry or with water, and land spread by a tanker of t- a tanker at a rate not exceeding seventeen hundred and sixty gallons per a- acre.
0: Drive home points now regarding a withdrawal period. I believe there is quite a long withdrawal period potentially from insect growth regulation the active ingredient something between seven and up to 40 days you might clarify the point
5: yeah so depending on on a type of product that you're using, you it's very important that each farmer adheres with with the withdrawal periods and that that if you're selling stock sheep or so on make sure that the withdrawal period is up before you sell those yours those or lambs.
0: Well, certainly, Stephen, you've gone over there more than once very carefully and clearly the best way of dipping sheep and disposing carefully and, you know, safely of the liquid afterwards. We turn now to high-quality grass grazing. So how do sheep farmers maintain high grass-quality In mid-season,
5: so there is a a few points out there which farmers can ensure that they have high quality grass on their farm. So the first thing there is is keeping the rotation linked to eighteen to twenty-one days. Target pre-grazing yields between fifteen hundred up to a maximum of two thousand kilos of dry matter per hectare, and that's roughly about eight to ten centimeters of grass. And also an awesome important to have a high leaf content. Grace to a post-grazing sward of four to five centimeters. Surplus grass ex- exists where pre-grazing yield exceeds ten to twelve centimeters. When grass growth exceeds demand and rotation length goes beyond twenty-five days, at this point, grass surpluses re- re- should be removed as round bale silage. Topping can also be used from the middle of May onwards to remove excess stemic grass. Top the swaths down to four to five centimetres. Removing surface as bays will reduce the need for topping. And just to emphasise, here, John, um, when you are, when you have a good quality swath, for example, leaf content is extremely important. If you find a sheep are spending more than two to three days in a field, in cases like this, temporary divisions should be included in a paddock grazing system to ensure good paddock clean-out. So just to go back there, the main post-grazing height for in a sheep farm should be between 4 to 5 centimetres of grass.
0: Very important to extract that key piece of information there, Stephen. Now we turn to something which is assumed, but you've got to be careful – good quality silage everyone wants to imagine they're harvesting top quality silage but what steps should farmers have taken or can farmers take to ensure they harvest top quality silage and uh, preservation and all those things which we now know with silage make it valuable at the time of the year it's needed and it's not uh, in any way uh, diminished in terms of uh, taste for the animals or otherwise
5: yeah so um silage quantity and silage quality is extremely important so first of all quantity is important a farmer needs to know how much silage will he require for winter period so in order for a farmer to know this a fodder budget is extremely important on every farm silage quality required is the main thing to focus quality for example harvest at the right growth stage once seed heads appear your Dry matter digestibility will be around 70% at most. And it will drop 1% every two to three days after that. Having your silage over 70% DMD is crucial and will reduce your concentrate bill in the winter period. Short active wilt will also increase sugars in your silage which will improve silage quality. Tedding out for 24 hours is the recommended approach. Grass will not dry enough in large rows, even if it's left, left for 36 hours.
0: A very important, possibly life-saving course is taking place fairly soon in the west of the county in Clonmel, Clowney, so would you please remind our listeners, Stephen, speaking to Mr Stephen O'Sullivan, Dry Stock Advisor at... Uh, corona skib and also in bantry but this very important course and uh, you know a telephone number or a contact or how can people find out more about it
5: yeah there is a chagas um, farm safety course running in chagas Atlantic on wednesday the 5th of july Um this course is compulsory for anyone who has a tams application in so the key issues that we will be going to tr- True on that day is farmyard safety around this time of the year. Um, if you're interested in coming to the course, you can contact Chagas O'Croom on 026 41604.
0: Well, that's fine. Thank you very much indeed, Mr. Stephen O'Sullivan, Chagas Dry Stock Advisor at Chagas Coronas Gabreen and also in Bantry. Thank you, Stephen, very much indeed. Thanks a million. No problem, John. You're very welcome. Fiend Foreign MEP, Billy Kelleher, said that changes made in the European Parliament's nature restoration law text, in particular concerning the rewetting of drained peatlands, are an improvement, but still must go further if we are to avoid undermining Ireland's agricultural sector. MEP Kelleher was commenting as the final version of the ENVI committee compromises were made public. The committee vote on these proposals on Thursday 15th of June and will, if adopted, be voted on by all MEPs in July. MEP Billy Kelhar said he welcomed the progress made over the past week. He said the ENVI negotiators had now accepted that their original targets for restoration and rewetting for drained agricultural peatland had been too extreme. They are now reverting, he said, to the original Commission proposal of 30% of such areas by 2030, of which at least a quarter shall be rebetted. 50% of such areas by 2040, of which at least half should be remitted, 70% of such areas by 2050, of which at least half should be rebetted. MEP Kerr said, This, of course, is better. But from Ireland's perspective, we still need to see more progress towards reaching the same targets as those that the Irish government are supporting as the Council of Ministers. He said the Commission's targets would require the rewetting of farmland, even with Ireland making full use of Bordnemona and Coochell lands. He said from an Irish perspective, this cannot be on the table. As a substitute member of the ENVI committee, he retains the right to table alternative amendments, reflecting the Council's targets when it comes before the full Parliament in July. MEP Keller said he expected and hoped that all Irish MEPs would support the tabling of these amendments in line with Irish government policy. Separately, he said, he'd written to Housing Minister Daryl O'Brien TD concerning possible planning issues contained in the nature restoration law, namely the, quote, no net loss of urban green areas rule. MEP Kellar said, we need to be certain this will not affect the construction of homes in our towns and cities. Commenting on the projected reduction of 29% in emissions by 2030, as projected by the EPA in their recent report, the IFA President, Mr Tim Cullen, said it's a positive development that every citizen, including farmers, should be acknowledged for. Mr Cullen said the reality is there's a huge focus on reducing emissions and the vast majority of people are trying to play their part. He said we should be more positive about what's being achieved rather than what's being Overly negative in tone. Mr Cullinan said, The reality is that the 51% reduction target had been set without any consideration for the economic or social consequences of measures needed to achieve it. Mr Cullinan said, In our sector, the EPA data published recently shows we are already on track to achieve a 19% of our 25% reduction target, even with some of the proposed measures on diversification excluded in the model's projections. This, he said, was being done by farmers on ground, and they deserve great credit for what they're doing relative to what's happening in some other countries, particularly outside the European Union. The IFA president said, we need to bring people with us and acknowledge the efforts people are making and stop using the language of what he called failure and give people hope that we can continue to reduce emissions while having sustainable economic growth. And that's the Dairy Gold uh, Farm Talk programme for now. I'm John O'Connor. Thanks to our contributors, Barry O'Mahony, News Editor, 96FM and C103 News, Marie Tuig, 96FM News reporter and creator of the regular Farm Talk podcasts, to Laura Woods for her reporting from the Carberry region on Mockburn Farm Affairs. A very special thank you to you, the listener, of course, for tuning in. The Farm Talk program, 7 a.m. to 8 a.m. Saturday mornings, and 10 p.m. to 11 p.m. on Wednesday evenings. Farm Talk on C103 with Dairy Gold. Choose Gold Performance Pack. Includes biotin, yeast sac, and protected minerals to reduce lameness, boost milk solids, and fertility.